Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father, we just want to thank you. We want to exalt your name again, always and continuously, because you are faithful, you are loving, you are precious, you are wonderful. You're glorious. We come, Jesus, Holy Spirit, to receive instruction again from you. You told us in your word not to forsake your word, not to forsake your instruction. My son, you said, and we're here, God, to receive instructions that will cause us to live the life that will be pleasing and exalting and glorifying to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning again, I want to continue. Last week, I thought I was going to stop on the issue of expressing the kingdom of God, but from Sunday to this moment, probably the past few days, it came again heavily upon me to see, share one or two things with you on how to walk and express the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. We are God's children and God is the king. Christ is the king of this kingdom that we've been better into. And understand this fact. Uh, the kingdom of God is not the same thing as the sovereignty of God. Now God rules in the affairs of men, but that is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is made up of those who are born of the Spirit of God. Are you done with me? God rules the universe. God rules everybody. God controls whatever thing you see. Yes, but that is not the kingdom of God. That is the sovereignty of God. Look at it. The Bible says it this way. The sun shining upon the just and the unjust. I mean, if you remember that. The rain falls upon the just and the unjust. But that is not to say everybody is in the kingdom. No. If everybody was to be in the kingdom, then the scripture will not say you must be born again. Are you there with me? If everybody is already in the kingdom, then the scripture will not say seek ye for the kingdom of God. Because he asks you to seek the kingdom. That shows that even though you are receiving the rain, that makes your crops so prosper, that is not to say you are in the kingdom. When you are in the kingdom, you have a personal relationship with God. You come to the place where God is truly the source, your father. Because the word father means source. Is that okay? Right. The word father means a source. So God has become your source in all things. It's become your source of energy for whatever thing you do. In controlling, in leading, in directing, it becomes your source. That is different from just allowing the rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. You need to understand that. The rain falls upon the just and the unjust. That is to say, the rain that falls today. For instance, if you have a piece of land, you, 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 you farm it. And there's an unbeliever next to you also having a piece of land. If the rain comes, it's not going to discriminate. Now because you are a believer, therefore you fall upon your land, you don't fall upon the other person's land. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So the rain falls upon the just and what? The unjust. The sun shines upon everybody, whether you're a believer or not a believer. And that's what we mean by the sovereignty of God. That is the sovereign grace of God for everybody. But when we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about those who are born of his spirit, who has come to the place of submitting to him as being king over their lives. Are you done with me? So I'm talking about the things that you are supposed to be expressing as one born into the family of God, into that, you know, dominion, that rulership that God has ordained for his people. Hallelujah. For instance, I will touch it a little bit. But you see, Adam was in the kingdom. Because he had a personal relationship with God. Do you understand that? Praise the Lord. Had a personal relationship with God. He could talk to God. He could hear God. You know, God can communicate with him. So he was in the kingdom. God was the sovereign rule, power, dominion at any point in time before the fall, if you will. So I'm talking about those who are under the influence, under the control of God. And in that sense, you'll be able to manifest and reveal certain things that pertains to God. Now, what I intend to share with us this morning is recognizing the value of words. Recognizing the value of words. That is a subtopic under expressing the kingdom of God. Why am I trying to say this? You find that God is a wealthy man. 
Praise the Lord. God is a wealthy man. If our scripture says, the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to who? Belongs to God. So he's a wealthy man. And God intends you to be wealthy. Now, you're going to get confused now. And say, but pastor, I don't have no money. I, I, I don't have what it takes to be a wealthy man. I'm not such a wealthy man. I'm going to give to you the simple definition of wealth. Is that okay? So that you understand that you are wealthy. But it's just that you don't know that you are wealthy. Wealth is not riches. <laughs> and this is confusing you more. But it's good you get confused so that I get understanding. Because see, Jesus is always speaking to the people in parables. Parable elicit from you, thinking, reasoning, so that you can be able to figure out what the person that gives the parable is talking about. Is that okay? Right. So, you may be seeing this as a parable. I'm going to explain to you. Riches is not the same thing as wealth. You may call it wealth, but I want to give you a simple definition of wealth and for you to understand that you're wealthy, but you don't understand. Now, true wealth is what you can do to better the life of other people and what you can hold on to. True wealth is what you can do to better the life of other people and what you can hold on to. That's true wealth. Hallelujah. Wealth is not just money, but whatever you can use to get money. Your talent, your grace, your ability, your business, anything you can do to get money is what is called wealth. So now you understand that you are wealthy. But it's just that you don't know that you are wealthy. Anything you can do, I'll make you see that. You look at what the scripture says. <laughs> it said you have to honor God who gave the power to do what? To get wealth. So there is something that you need to have or you ought to have or that God has given to you that enables you to do what? To get wealth. So wealth is not the source of what you have. I don't know how to put it for you now. But you see, that energy, that grace, that power that God has given to you, it could be your talent, it could be wisdom. I make you see that. Is that okay? It's the source of your wealth. So you are wealthy because you have wisdom, you have talent, you have grace. Is that okay? What people will call, you have anointing, which is your call upon your life to do specific things for God. That makes you a wealthy man. Your wealth is not directly quantified by the volume of maybe the houses you have, the cars you drive, no. What you have to produce those things is actually what? Your wealth. How did God own the whole world? It's coming from within Him. Everything that is in your existence came out of God. Do you understand that? God is wealthy because wealth is on the inside of God. When He spoke forth everything in creation, at the end He said, The earth and the fullness thereof belongs to me. I created them. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. The source of creation came from within him. He was the source of all things. And everything he has created, you finally define as what? The weight of God, if you will. But the true source of those things, which is now heaven and earth that belongs to him, came from within him. So the first thing you see in terms of true definition of weight is what you have that's within you that enables you to create that which man defines as words as words. Are you done with me? Now, nobody, for instance, what you call words in the natural houses, monies, nobody's born with those things. Am I right? Nobody's born with cars, nobody's born with, you know, silver and gold, no. Every man that came into this earth have to do something to be able to produce those things. Am I correct? Good. So the difference between you and the wealthy man is you're not being able to put into use what God has given to you. The ability he has given to you is what produces wealth. The grace he has given to you is what produces wealth. The talent he has given to you is what produces wealth. And wealth is meant to actually Sustain, guide, elevate humanity. Weight is not meant for your personal consumption in the true sense. 
So when you produce, it is made and targeted at the people. Hallelujah. You see what the scripture says? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who did what? Who went about doing good? The anointing was not for his showmanship. No. The anointing was meant for people's sake. You are not called for yourself. You are called for people's sake. Praise God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17. Deuteronomy 8 verse 17. And thou say in the heart. Now he is saying, well, the children of Israel, if you read from the top, when they become prosperous, when they begin to have everything they are supposed to have, when they go to the promised land. Now you begin to say in the heart, my power and my mind, and the mind of my hand had got him in this way. You become rich, you become prosperous in terms of natural words. And then you begin to say, Oh, because I work so hard. Oh, because I struggle so hard. That is why I made this money. That is why I become rich. That's why I'm better than other people. Look at in this thing, verse number eight. But thou shalt remember. Everybody say, Remember. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is He that did what? Give thee power to do what? To get words. You can stop there. God gave thee power to do what? To get words. The word power, there's a key thing. Wait is not just what you get. It is something, in fact, wait is a result of something that you do or you acted upon. And God has given you that thing. So that power could be your talent, it could be your grace, it could be wisdom. I'm going to make you see that from the life of Solomon when we read through in First King chapter 3. Solomon, we are made to understand what the wealthiest man as he will upon the face of the earth. Tell me what Solomon got to become wealthy. I will show you when we get there. Are you done with me? Now, you can't be praying alone and doing nothing and get wealthy. No. Prayer is to enable you to discover what you should do to get wealthy. Are you done with me? It is God that gives the power. Now, these people that became wealthy in Canaan, they were not just praying when they got to Canaan. They were doing some stuff. They were acting on something things. Either by instructions of God. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Even if you look at the life of Joshua, meditate upon this world or let this world not depart from the mount, meditate upon it day and night, that in so doing, you might become prosperous to have what? Good success. His labor was in meditating on the word. Why is it going to be that? So that in meditating upon the word, you're going to find direction. You're going to find what to do. And so he says, some of you who don't pray and study enough, you really can't find what God has in mind for you to do that will cause you to become prosperous. Time will fail me to mention the life of Jacob in the house of Laban. Remember, he became so prosperous in the house of Laban, but he was doing something. Are you done with me? He was doing something. He was exercising the ability that was in his life. That's what brought him to the place of prosperity. Praise the Lord. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God that giveth the power, the source of your wealth is coming from God. That energy. It could be your talent, like I said. It could be your grace. Sometimes you look down on the grace upon your life and that is why you are where you are. Praise the living God. You see, in this city, we have had people who use the trade cycle. Maybe they bought it on higher purchase or balance and take, whichever way you, you have it. They've been able to complete that. They have gotten another one. They've changed another one. But there are people in this city who are using the same thing and not even able to break even. Am I correct? Praise the living God. Now you're not going to blame the man. I mean, you're not going to say the man that succeeded using the tricycle and did anything. No, 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 no. You just need to discover 
How is this man doing it that I cannot do it? Praise the living God. It's the Lord that gives us the power. He makes the provision. He makes the source available. Now listen. People always get me wrong when I say this. But this is why you pay tight. He gave you power to get wet. So when you pay tight, you are acknowledging, you are honoring, you are saying thank you for giving me the power to get wet. That's the meaning. It's not a law. It's, it's an honor. Are we together? Proverbs 3 verse 9. Read it. We're going to come back here. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Let me show you. Oh, glory to God. 3 verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 9. Honor the Lord. Take it from the Amplified. Amplified translation. Proverbs 3 verse number 9. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruit of all what? Your income. Honor. It's not, it's not legalism. It's not Law is simply what? Honor. Why are you honoring God? Because he gave the power to do what? To get wet. Think about it this way. You are a furniture maker. The wood you get from the forest is made available by God. You can, you can plant wood. You can cause wood to survive all by itself. The seed in that thing that becomes tree is made available by, who? by God. So you are acknowledging God by saying thank you for making me a carpenter and make wood available to make trouble for people to buy. Is anybody getting this? You are a tailor. You are honoring God by saying thank you for making the wood available with which materials are produced that I can I sow. And people buy or pay for my services that I become wealthy. Oh no. That's what it stands for. So it's not a matter of tighten his Moses. No. You are just saying, God, thank you for making this available. Now for me, why do I have to pay my tithe? Thank you for giving me wisdom to understand your scripture. It is the Lord that gives us the power to do what? To get wealth. Are you getting this? Glory to God. So, let's go back to the book of uh, um, go back to Deuteronomy. Go back to Deuteronomy. Read that uh, message translation. Let's take it from message translation again. From verse 17. If you start thinking of yourselves I did all this. And all by myself. I am rich. It's mine. Look at the next thing. Well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ascensors as it is this day. So the word power equals strength, equals talent, equals grace, equals wisdom. Is anybody understanding this? God gave it to you. And that's what I'm saying. This is the only reason why you pay your tithe. A brother was sharing something with me. His business was not moving as it should be. And he brought his tithe, leaflet, the stops, laid them on the table, and he said, This is not what you promised concerning your word. You said, if I do this, you will do this. Now, here is the evidence that I am faithful in paying my tithe in honoring you. That evening, that same day, things triggered up in this guy's business. Among us, I'm saying, praise the living God. You're honoring God. And the Lord said, if you honor me, I will do what? I will honor you. Praise the living God. Amen. Now, let me, let me say this. You know what the Bible says? 
God told Adam to dress the garden. Remember the definition I gave to you about wealth for the purpose of other people, basically. Your grace, your talent. Even if you look at it, if you are a tailor, you produce dress, even though they are going to pay you for your services, but you, you're dressing up people, you're making them look honorable, glorious, fantastic, handsome and beautiful by the dress you make. Are you done with me? Grace, wealth, is basically for other people. Adam was asked to dress the garden. How many of you remember that? God placed man in the garden and then he asked him to dress the garden. What is that supposed to mean? Put people in shape as God's image and likeness. It's not just clear the grass. <laughs> Praise the living God. Are you there with somebody? It's not just about clearing the grass. Somebody say, you mean we are God's garden? First Corinthians 3 verse number 9. Read it for me. First Corinthians 3 verse number 9. Just to let you know. Praise the Lord. So when God said, dress the garden. <laughs> Look at this. First Corinthians 3 verse number 9. Amen. What makes them walk? What is that? Verse number 9. Is that what I'm looking for? No, give me in King James. Let me just say that. First Corinthians 3 verse number 9. For we are what? Laborers together with God. We are what? God's husbandry. You are God's building. Check this from the King James. I mean, amplify. Amplify. First Corinthians 3 verse number 9. For we are fellow workers, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's what? Garden. That's what I'm saying now. I'm fire. I'm filled under cultivation. You are God's building. So when God said, dress the garden. <laughs> what do you think he's talking about? Shape up human beings into the image and likeness of God. Did you get that? He wasn't saying, got a more machine and more the garden. <laughs> Praise God. Is that okay? The way, the glory, the power that was in Adam. God intended Adam to form human being into more of Adam's, if you will, into more of God's like. Because the original intent is, let's make man what in our image, after our likeness, and let it have dominion. So get humanity into the same likeness and image of God. That's what it means to dress the garden. That's what it means to keep people going. So every grace in your life is meant to dress up somebody. Can I hear an amen? That's your words. So get the point right when I'm talking to you. Expressing the kingdom into knowing the real value of what? Of what? And it's meant for you to dress the garden, to dress up people, to keep them going, to form them into the image and likeness of God. Can I tell you this? What I'm doing now, I'm dressing the garden. Do you understand that? I'm shaping you into God's thought, mind, and purposes. That's what it means to dress the garden. He wasn't saying, go get a cutlass and begin to clear the place and all of those things. Oh no. That's no way of thinking about what God intended to do. His intended purposes for Adam. No. Oh. Because in Genesis 1.11, the Bible said, every life, every seed should bring forth its own kind. I mean, if you understand that, Genesis 1.11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, help yielding seed, and fruit, tree yielding fruit, after his kind, whose seed is in his heart, upon the face of the earth, if you will. Upon the earth, and it was so. When he said, whose seed is in his heart, and this is what Paul was saying. All we are desiring to do, Colossians 1, is to ensure that Christ is formed in thee. For Christ in thee is the hope of glory. The seed of life, we want to put it in your life. Every seed should bring forth its own kind. And the life of the seed is in his heart. So, you drop a mango tree on the floor, it comes out with a mango, I mean a mango seed, it comes out with what? A mango tree. And produce extra seeds or fruits from that one seed that you've dropped. 
So, you, you are made to dress up people. You are made to put people in shape. You are made to give men joy. That is how to express the wealth that you've gotten. Everything you are doing is meant to make this world a better place than you made it. Praise the Lord. Are we see here? So, we are God's garden. We are God's vineyard. He's cultivating us. And so, your word is meant to cultivate the people. Praise God. Alright. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 22, King James. Oh, I love this. The blessings of the Lord, it make a rich. And he added what? No sorrow. Take it from the message translation. God's blessing makes life rich. Nothing can, and nothing we, we do can improve on God. God's life or the blessing make what? Life rich. The blessing of God makes life rich. So what is a blessing? It's not God saying, I bless you. No. <laughs> Are you still following me? I'm going to show you something now. The blessings of God is that grace that He has deposited in your life. It's not just what He says. The blessing of God is your business. The blessing of God is your wisdom. The blessing of God makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. Take it from the Amplified. Hallelujah. The blessings of the Lord, it makes truly rich. And it has no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. So, toiling, what is toiling? What you do. Now, instead of toiling, you just walk. There's a difference between you doing something and you toiling. Oh, come on. Is anybody understanding this? For instance, like the illustration again, somebody using the tricycle. Another way is you can find people pushing truck, truck pushers. Some can do well, others are not doing well. Have you noticed that? And a man that is not doing well and yet pushing truck is toiling. But a man that is doing well pushing truck is blessed. Are you getting this? When you are blessed, you're given something to do. You do it, you're succeeding in it. You don't labor in that which you are given to do. That's a blessing of the Lord. It makes life rich. So, get the point right. Richness is not the same thing as the wealth that I'm defining. Wealth produces riches. Are we together? And wealth is the grace you've been given, is the talent you've been given, is the ability you've been given to produce wealth. I mean to produce riches. So, you go to the parable of the talent, you see what happens? One got talent, ten, I mean five talent, he got ten talent in return. Riches, the increase that came based on the application and the use of the five talents. And the next thing is, you're going to rule over ten cities. You see, now he became a rich man, he became a governor, he became a president over ten cities because he used the five talent or the ten talent appropriately. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So the ten talent is a blessing. The riches are the reward. That came based on the use of what? Of that talent. So if you're in business and you are a blessed in the business, you are supposed to have returns. I speak to every businessman today in this house. You shall have returns in the name of Jesus. That is what means to be blessed. So the blessing is what God has given to you to do. Is anybody following me? And that is your words. 
So everybody, you have wealth. You are all wealthy people. You are always sitting down on your wealth. And as long as you are sitting on your wealth, you can be rich. Are you catching that? <laughs> Once you sit down on your wealth, you can be rich. So, don't envy anybody because you already have wealth. And now the next thing you are supposed to be rich. Praise God. Is it making sense to you? Look at 1 Timothy 6 verse number 9. When the Lord began to share this with me and said, you need to tell the people this. I was wondering why, but I think God had this for one person here, maybe two person here, maybe three person in this hall. It could be for your only reason, just for you alone, the Lord has asked me to share this. Look at the next thing. 1 Timothy 6 verse number 9. But they that be rich fall into what? Temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. They that be rich, they that wants to be rich, from what we read in Psalm 37, frighten not that because of evildoers. Those who don't want to stay on the blessing to get rich, they get into ritualism, they get into voodooism, they go into scamming. Are you getting that? They want to be rich. They don't want to walk through the world. Did you get the difference? So they fall into what? Hurtful us with drowned men in destruction and what? Perdition. Men get killed or die because they want to be rich. Instead of walking through the process of using your wealth to produce riches. They want to scam people. They want to do Yahoo. They want to do rituals. They want. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you get that? They that will be rich fall into temptation. That is not to say God doesn't want you to be rich. God already made a provision for you to be rich. Are we together here? Good. But he said, where you desire, outside of going through the process of using the word God has given to you, you go into all of this trouble. You fall into what? Helpful laws, foolish things, drown you, self-destruction. Like the example I gave to you of that young man that began to use the broken body to stab himself. This is how the scripture has been fulfilled. He died because of the process he went through. Instead of using words to make riches. Is that okay? He went for riches through ritualism. And where is he today? He's gone. Perdition. Praise the living God. Am I helping everybody? I want you to know that God has blessed you. I want you to know that God, you sit in fire. You are sitting on words. <laughs> you are sitting on your words. That is why you are where you are. I was discussing with somebody a few days ago. Person has worked, retired, and he just obtained a master's degree in administration. Is going for his PhD. This person has worked and retired. Then I ask, what do you want to do with all of this thing? He said, oh David, don't worry. By the time I'm done, you will see what I'm doing, going to do with it. I need to bless mankind. And I need to be in certain position to be able to do that. And that is why I'm studying what I'm studying. I'm talking of somebody who has worked 35 years, whatever number of years, retired. He's just pursuing the PhD right now. And tomorrow, if such a person got an appointment to somewhere else, you begin to wonder, how did he make it? It's not everybody that's going through corners to get to the top. Some people are really laboring to get to the top. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm saying? I need it to get this. So, don't sit on your words and be complaining. Don't sit on your words and be grumbling. You are right now very worthy because you got talent, you got grace, you got ability. I will shoot you into riches tomorrow. Praise the living God. Come with me. Genesis 13 verse number 1. Mm, I like this. Genesis 13 verse number 1. I'm going to read Genesis 24. I'll share something. Bible says, Abraham went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Lot with him. Verse number two. 
And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. How did that happen? God just said, Abraham, I bless you. Take silver and gold. Is that what it means? Abraham, oh, I bless you. Take all these animals. <laughs> Praise God. Abraham was a herdsman and a good one. Not a killer herdsman. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if you are getting this. And you don't know why Abraham was a farmer. Hmm? Farming in cattle. It was from his farm, the proceed. He got gold, he got silver. He wasn't digging gold from the floor. He wasn't digging silver from the floor. Everything he got came from what he was doing. Are you sitting there with me? But remember, Abraham was blessed by God. So what was the blessing? The wisdom. <laughs> to do farm work, to do all of those things, to raise his animals. And guess what? The animals were multiplying and Abraham's servant began to multiply. 318 servants when he went to war. I mean, if you remember that. Because the more your riches begin to expand, the more you need more hands to join you to manage the riches. But it's coming from a source. The blessing, which is the grace, the understanding to do what you are supposed to do to get riches. Does anybody see what I'm saying here? Praise the Lord. Now turn with me again. Let's look at the testimony of the servant of Abraham. Genesis 24 verse 35. Come on now. 34 verse 25. Praise the Lord. Look at Eliezer. This is when he went to pick up Rebekah for Isaac. He went to the family. And here is the confession. He was a servant to Abraham. He shall be the servant, Eliezer by name. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And has become great. <laughs> and he has given him flocks and herbs and silver and gold and men servant and uh, what? May servant and camels and axes. You begin to see how. Is anybody following this? The point is that God gave him. How did he give him? Maybe Abraham started with one cattle. Maybe he started with two cattle. Is that okay? But maybe he has to go buy from somebody else and start riding his own. Are you getting that? Now, because he's riding his own, they begin to increase. Now, as he increases, he has enough resources to buy gold, to buy silver, whatever. And then he moved from just cattle to what? All of the animals, asses and whatever. Everything. The trade was increasing. Praise the living God. And the servant said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he become great. And has given him flocks and herbs and silver and gold. Amazing, you know, all of those things. Now he has become rich through wealth. Wealth will produce your riches. Praise the living God. Are we still here? So Abraham was great, not because God said, I bless you, and then he sat down. No. God can say, I bless you, and you're sitting down, you're not going to get rich. It's not enough. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and he has no sorrow with it. When you understand what a blessing is, it tells you that every little thing you're doing, you are supposed to prosper and you are going to prosper in it. Praise the living God. He got camels, he got asses. God wasn't conjuring animals for, for Abraham. You understand what I'm saying? But now you see himself as a businessman in raiding animals. So he was migrating from cattle to camels to asses, anything, name an animal. Domesticated in that sense. He was getting them together. That's how he became rich. The point is this. You start with that one animal, it increases to two, three, four. And then it branches out. Praise the Lord. Go with me to First King chapter 3 verse number 5. This is going to be a long reading so we're going to be a little bit fast on it. I want to talk about Solomon. Now, here is where Solomon went to Gibeon. Offered thousands of sacrifices before God. Just appreciating him for making him king in Israel. Is that okay? Right. And the Bible says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon. 
After the sacrifices, the Lord appeared to Solomon. You know, one thing you need to understand is this. Sometimes when you begin to do some stuff, God sees your heart, he appears to you. There's a way you offer, you sacrifice, you worship God. God will become one at your disposal to begin to find out from you what you really want him to do. You so taught his heart that he will come to you in dream and visions and begin to ask you what do you really want him to do. Praise the living God. And the Lord in the night appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God asked, what shall I give thee? What do you want, Solomon? That you're making all of these sacrifices. Can I tell you something? Your sacrifices are not in vain. I say your sacrifices are not in vain. Hallelujah. So don't you ever think, oh well, I'm doing all of this thing, I can't see anything. I'm, no, 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 no. Solomon offered his sacrifices. The next thing God came to him and said, Solomon, tell me. What do you want me to give to you? Why are you offering this whole lot of sacrifice? You're already a king. Why, why all of this? Okay, what do you want? <laughs> Glory to God. It's like he brought down God because of his sacrifices. Don't think your effort is wasted. Don't think your sacrifices is wasted. If you can't catch it, your children will catch it. Praise the living God. This is what it means to lay up treasure for your children. It's not necessarily... You see, because when we think laying up treasure for children means you leave a lot of, you know, bank accounts, full load of bank accounts for your children when you die. That's how to lay up children for your, I mean, lay up treasure for your children. Well, I beg to say no. Because you know what? Your children can grow up, see this thing and squander it in one year. And all of your treasure is gone. All of your life, I mean, savings is all gone. In one year, it's all gone. Is that okay? Laying up treasure is directing them into the word of the Lord, knowing how to appreciate who God is, making sacrifice for God, and coming to the place where God himself... You remember, David did all of those things that he was supposed to do. So what led Solomon to begin to make all of those sacrifices? Praise the living God. Verse 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto me that seven... Unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according to as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, verse 7, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. What he's trying to say, I don't know how to fight wars. Going out and coming in. I don't know it. My father used to go in and come out. You're going out and coming in. He sometimes says business, yes, but essentially it was kings that were going out and coming in. Is that alright? Solomon said, I don't know how to fight wars. <laughs> and the servant is in the midst of the people who thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant, verse number nine, an understanding heart. Look at the prayer. To judge the people that I may design between good and evil or bad. For who is able to judge these so great a people? Verse 10. And it will please the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, verse 11. But thou hast asked this thing. I have not asked for thyself long life. Are you getting that? You didn't ask for long life. I'm going to give it to you. His intention is how to serve God's people. Are we together now? <laughs> Neither has asked riches for thyself. Did you get that? You didn't ask for riches. So you don't ask for riches in the true sense. You ask for words. You ask to discover your words. That you may become rich. Nor has asked the life of the enemies. That's the point. Those who want to kill their enemies so that they can succeed. You make it a big mistake. God wants your enemies to be alive so that you can prepare a table before them in the presence of your enemy. He gets you a table. He gets you life. He gets you sustenance so that your enemy can see what God can do. Solomon said, I don't even want my enemies to die. 
God said, you have not even asked for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for long life. You didn't ask for riches. No, you tell me. When you pray, what do you ask for? You see why the Bible says, seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, including long life, shall be what? Added. Hallelujah. But, as I ask for thyself, understand it to design judgment. Behold, I've done according to your words. Lo, I've given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou have not asked, but what? Riches! Did he say what? Come on! Did he say what? No! I'll give you the riches. What he's trying to say is, something is going to walk in you that will produce what? Riches. That's not how he gave him riches. He gave him wealth, but I'm going to make you see. And then become rich. But riches and honor, so that there shall be any among the kings, not any anyway, like unto thee, all that is. No one like Solomon. Now go to First King chapter 10. Verse 22. 1 Kings chapter 10 verse 22. Here is the good news. What did God give to Solomon? Understanding heart. Desire mean of spirit. Is that okay? Look at this. For the king had, look at this. I see a navy of Tarshish with a navy of Hiram. Once in three years came the navy of Tarshish, bringing gold and silver, ivory, and apes, and peacocks. Oh, glory. The ivory means the elephant teeth. Is that okay? Once in every three years, all the shipload comes back home to Solomon. Now, he was trading now in all of these things you can see. He has shipped in the high sea. You can see how rich Solomon became by applying wisdom in business. Praise the living God. He got riches because he was involved in business. And those of you who are involved in international trade and businesses, you shall succeed, you shall prosper, you shall be increased in the name of Jesus. Everything you are doing, your riches will come out of it. You see, sir? Praise the living God. What was the wealth of Solomon? Wisdom. Do you understand that? He left trading in, you know, you take time to read the account. Solomon would even send a chariot to Egypt. He had chariot, that means he had warfare machines that other nations were hiring to go to war. Oh, come on. This guy's full of wisdom. You see that? He had no war to fight. So what did he do? Since I don't have anything to do with warfare, but I know this book can come and hire my machines. So he, he, he built war machines, chariots, and other nations begin to know, okay, yeah, this guy go on. They went to hire. They pay him money. He became rich. Because of wisdom. Richer than any other king. Because of wisdom. So the weight of Solomon, what is wisdom? That produces what? His riches. Are we together? The reason you are not rich is not because you are not praying so well. The reason you are not rich is not because one devil from your grandfather's house is stopping you. The reason you are not rich yet I'm not saying you are not rich as if it has stopped. You are not rich yet. It's because you are sitting on your wealth. And what is your wealth? Your talent. What is your wealth? Your grace. What is your wealth? Your dark which is called anointed. What is your wealth? Your ability. Your strength. You sit down on it. Praise God. I used to know one man of God in this city. He said, God, call him. And then he was in this house, just by this hotel on the airport through the back. He will be fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. He doesn't come out. Put on his white garment all the time. Fasting and praying. Man, 
when rent was due, I know those of us with one of my friends, they contribute money to pay his rent. Another year, the same thing. He gave back to children. My friend went there to build the child, I mean the mother out from the hospital. Baby food is this guy, everything. He said, God has called him. So what are you doing with the calling upon your life? He was just fasting and praying. That's not going to bring riches. Hallelujah. The next thing he did, he abandoned the family. I went to, to the Yoruba land, to one mountain. The Lord has called him. So, your calling is to pray. And pray for who? Are you there with me? Wife is in poverty. I mean, everybody, poverty staring you on the face. You are fasting and praying. No. Come on. Do something with your words. Which is your talent? Praise God, somebody. Like I told him one day, if God truly have called you, go open a shop, I mean a store, and do something, or else, go open a church and minister to people. Let the grace in your life speak. Don't sit down here fasting and praying, your children are hungry, looking tattered, no food, house rent you can't pay, you say the Lord has called you. Call you to what? To do what? He was sitting down on his words. And that must not be your passion in the name of Jesus Christ. If you know the Lord has called you to do anything, that is where your riches are coming from. I used to know in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there used to be a man in this city, Toronto. I mean, have you heard about that name once? Okay, glory to God. What was he doing? Furnishing work. Simple furniture. He was known in this city for the best man when it comes to furnishing work. Toronto woodwork. Isn't it? That's the point. He had money. He had riches in this city. What was he doing? Just constructing seeds and fosters for people. Praise the living God. So, what I'm saying is this. The blessing upon your life is to be discovered. Which has to do with the grace, the talent, the ability God has given to you. To walk. And from this day, I'm making the declaration. Everything God has called you to do, you're going to prosper in it. Amen. I didn't hear a lot of amen to that. Amen. <laughs> I am saying and I'm praying right now that whatever thing you are doing from today is going to produce riches for you amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just stand up. You're going to pray for a few minutes, then I'll pray with you. You're going to be asking God. Don't be like that pastor that I spoke about, that God called, and he started praying for how many years he can pay rent. No, that is not how to be a called person. That is not to be somebody with grace. Somebody said on the keyboard. I just need you to start praying. God, what am I missing? God, what is it that I'm missing? You know, Solomon said, I just need one thing, wisdom. I need wisdom. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.